afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Constructing the Clubhouse, the world's number one comedy podcast about building a comedy club in Barcelona during a pandemic. I am your host, Dr. Matthew John Murtha. Joining me, my beautiful co-host, John Ellis. Yo. And then today's very special guest, the grandfather of Barcelona comedy. No, grandmother. We'll, we'll make Groves the grandfather. The grandmother of Barcelona comedy. And I was the grandmother. Well, you know what? You know who's going to be able to settle this? Yeah, Andy J. Ritchie. I, I can answer that question. Yeah, there's like uh, applause woo. in the background. Uh, Ann is probably the first person I met in the uh, comedy scene. Yeah? In Barcelona, yes. He was very, we met at a Tom Rhodes gig. Tom wow. Rhodes? Back I in 2014. You're thinking Sam Rhodes. Probably thinking Sam Rhodes. Tom Rhodes is a US comic. He had, uh, he had his own show back in the 90s. I think it was on After Friends. It was called Mr. Rhodes. He lived in Amsterdam for years. He hosted uh, like a talk show. Mr. Rhodes. That's a pretty TV. good TV spot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For, I think it, it only. Uh, I can't believe it only did half a season and then yeah. got cancelled, unfortunately. But I, he's I, a very, uh, very nice guy. I find it hard that I don't know that. Are you thinking hanging with Mr. Cooper? Yes, that's right. <laughs> it was hanging with Mr. Cooper. Now that you mention it. Was this the one? So, so Chris Grove said that when comedy was first starting in in Barcelona, he basically just messaged. An international comedian was like, "Hey, can I can I perform? Did did someone else perform at that gig? Or it was just, it was just uh, okay. So this is it's going for, We have to go. We'll go back to the start. I'll go back to the start of all of this. You Wait. want to know the origin of Barcelona? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you. I want I'm here. Can we can we give the listeners just a, like a little yeah, who you are? Go please. All right. So and just for people that are listening, when I came to Barcelona, Andy was running the only open mic in the city. Right? It was maybe, that was maybe. Uh, I forget what it was called. It was at Seven Sins. I don't so think... So that was... It wasn't... I mean, technically, that was a show. That's what we called it. Okay. <laughs> well, but that was... You went... You came to the first ever Just Kidding That was Barcelona. Just Kidding. It was yeah, Just Kidding. the first ever right. one. That was in 2016, maybe? 20, the yep. start of 2016. Yeah, Seven Sins. I think we only did one show there or something. I can remember almost everybody down. on that lineup. Can you? Almost. Who was it? So definitely you, Issa, Broody, Dan... I don't know if Hotch was there, and oh, um, Matt Davis, no? Matt Davis, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You and were it, there because we had a we have a mutual friend. Yep. so I haven't spoken to her in <laughs> many years. I, me neither. <laughs> well, so the the point for the the listener is that Andy started some shows way, you know, twenty fourteen. Okay. Yeah. What is that? That's like eight years That's ago. Eight now. years ago. Yeah. Started some shows. Lit a fire for some some of us, and then got burnt out. Fucked off to Edinburgh. <laughs> That's fairly right? accurate. Yeah. So we're gonna go back in time and figure out, uh, yeah, how comedy started here. Yeah. And I want some. I want some dirt. Well, I, there's one. The one person who needs to be named above any other. The person who's who's responsible for everything is uh, Stephen Garland. Okay. Stephen yeah. Garland. The giggling Geary with, yeah, himself. himself He's still yeah. doing gigs. Did a great gig for us the other week. Yeah, Owen, we had one Owen of his Colgan. ex. Owen Colgan was the name of the, the oh, guy right. that was on Irish TV and all that. Yeah. Who, and then Marcel. Oh, Marcel Acant, Alexis. He yeah. was apparently Wasn't, very, very good. Right. Was not organized by Stephen this time around, but we had him here. Mm-hmm. That was organized by James, James Riggle. Oh, okay. Jimmy Riggs. Good, good, good. So I used to, I mean, I lived in Spain for nine years. I lived all around the country and I used to go to some of Garland's gigs like in 2011 or something. Wow. I remember going to see Stephen Grant, who's a guy from uh, Brighton. Uh, I think I went to see Rich Hall. Because he used to, like Stephen Garland is an Irish guy. He used to bring over a lot of uh, people from the UK circuit, basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, how, so I used to go to those gigs. How long were you here in, in Barcelona? Um, oh, they were in Madrid. Yeah, I lived there. That was in like 2011 or something. I lived there. When did you fall in love with that Andalusian temptress? I, she probably doesn't want to be named <laughs> in this podcast. That's why I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't mention the name. <laughs> you probably said her name earlier, but um, that was in 2013. Yeah, and okay. So I moved to Barcelona in, in 2013. You think she listens to the podcast? Definitely not, but... <laughs> Wait, no, no, we're, we're uh, still... Her message. We're, That's how we'll get another listener. Honestly, yeah. this, this is fine. We're, we're uh, friends, but I'm, we're going to probably cover some rocky roads along the way in this yeah. conversation, I reckon. But I um, met, yeah, yeah, I think it'll all become clear uh, over the course of talking about it. But yeah, so Stephen Garland, you see, he ran shows. He put on shows for, for years, quite a long time. 
And then I think the origin of the Barcelona scene is pretty similar to most European cities. It's a similar thing. Garland got Logan Murray to come over. And are you familiar with Logan Murray? Nope. So Logan Murray is like a comedy teacher from England. Mm -hmm. And so he did the same thing in Berlin. That whole scene comes from Logan Murray as well. Really? Yeah. So what, like Chris Groves, who I think just now was doing some kind of writing session downstairs... That's from the Logan Murray course that he probably did back in 2012 or wow. 2013. That's Find Your Funny every Tuesday at 5 p.m. here at the Comedy yeah. Clubhouse. So 10 euros per class. People who were in that Logan Murray thing were uh, Chris Groves, Dan Gutierrez, Josep Catala. Wow. Um, I think Anne Dwyer maybe did it, maybe some other people. And the three guys there got together and decided afterwards we're going to start putting on shows together. This uh, is Chris, Dan, and Josep. Oh, okay. Uh, those three guys decided together we're going to put on shows, and they called themselves Stand Up Comedy Kills. Yeah, terrible. Or Suck. And suck. They, yeah, I think suck. they did that in quite a few different venues. But I, when I first did it, I did it in 2014. That's where I got my start. And that was in Cuevas, uh, which, yep. again, is, I don't, is that even still a thing? Still a that? thing. I, I don't know. If, I don't uh, think they're running was, any gigs It was there, uh, a really nice room. The bar is still room. open. Yeah, but, yeah. Then they, I think they ripped the life and soul out of it, <clears> in like <throat> pool tables and stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely has all sorts of new owners and new vibes. It's a, uh, it's a cocktail place now. Could it's still a be a party. good room when I was doing it with the pool tables and everything, but it was certainly it was a more hit and miss. Mm. People more spread out, that kind of thing. So I um I got my start because I was working in a like in a primary school <laughs> on a Friday afternoon working as like a, like a TEFL teacher, English teacher, uh, yeah. English language teacher. And one of my colleagues was this girl called Lucia Miller, uh, who's from oh, yeah. Texas. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we bizarrely started talking about comedy and both said, we'd like to give it a shot. And it just came up and we decided, I don't know, I don't know how it all snowballed from there, but we decided to give it a go. And then... I had a job interview at this weird teaching agency thing, and the, the guy who was interviewing me was uh, Noah Levin. Wow. Who was the president of the improv group. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I started doing improv and then basically started doing stand-up at the same time. And I did level one improv, and I yeah. was terrible at it because I didn't care about scenes. I just <laughs> wanted to say funny things. I had no idea about characters. I was like, yeah. every... every thing i did was just me my own voice just talking as myself uh, but i had fun i had a lot of fun with that but and I now abraham lincoln yeah <laughs> you ever notice when you get on an airplane i'm just anyway that's good i yeah. liked it uh so then me and lucia started doing this open mic because uh, i was very clear i said there needs to be a weekly open mic yeah i think it, it has to happen which is crazy now thinking that you guys are like doing shows every night of the week. We have multiple shows. Yeah, I certainly, yeah. I would never have thought of doing something like this. So it's so well done because this is excellent. Oh, it's fun. It's yeah. fun. Uh, that was ample. That right? was ample because so me and Lucia started walking around the city looking for uh, venues. And we went into a few bars and we were on Carrer Ample and we went into Ryan's bar, which again doesn't exist anymore. It's not there. And uh, the barmaid, we started talking to her and said, yeah, we'd like to do a stand-up comedy thing. And she went, all right, cool. Here's some free shots. (laughs) (laughs) So we were like, okay, that's the end of the search. I guess we're going to be using this venue. And uh, it was a very rough bar. And we did gigs. We had a microphone, which was in front of the cigarette machine at the door of the bar. So when people like walked into the bar, they would be blocking in between the act <laughs> and, the, yeah. and the audience. And those shows were pretty hardcore. No. Yeah, it's maybe not that no. surprising, but like, you know, people were doing coke in the toilets and coming back and heckling. This Irish girl one time I remember was screaming at me, just going, why are you doing this? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think was well, uh, a fair question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the shenanigans? So that was... Um, we had to leave. We had to leave Ryan's bar for some reason, <laughs> and so we went to Shenanigans or the Quiet Man. That was the second venue. All right. And again, that was awful. <clears throat> we used to plug a microphone directly into this amp, 
Yeah. Like just a mic straight yeah. into the amp. I don't think you're supposed to do that. It was just, you know, so yeah. it sounded like. I'm pretty sure I've done that yeah. a few times too. Uh, and that was awful. We did that for a number of months, for about six months. That was fairly every brutal. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it every week. Which night of the week? Do you remember? <sighs> Thursdays, maybe. I want to say. Oh, I'm so excited to get uh, to get some clarification on some shows. I can't remember. I it's I okay. Go back, I can go back through and check, but. So no. then, so Ample ended up with, we, went, we ended up using Cuevas. And so it would be me and Lucia, and each of us would host one half. I used to make intro songs for the acts, for the open mic. So everyone had their own intro song. It's a lot of Which work. is insane. Yeah. I honestly can't believe yeah. that I did that. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think of doing anything like that nowadays. I think you continued on. You, had, you did an open mic at Seven Sins. After the JKB show. Oh, yeah. I think I only did that a few times. Yeah. And I you, had, you, had like a, you had some sort of spinning wheel, maybe, to decide oh, yeah. the order. We, we, we did so much silly bullshit. But I, yeah, it was fun. It was fun at the time. But now thinking back on it, I just think it's insane. We had yeah. all kinds of things like that. You had that. a soundboard? We had a soundboard, which I believe you might still own somewhere. I think yep. I gave it to Downstairs. you. Sold it to you. The same um, soundboard? Yeah. Yeah, it had cool, like, it's got about like four voice effects I, on it. And we used to just use it to okay. dick around. I didn't know. It's more than four. It's got like about 20. It's got like demon voice and some other stuff. I never used it for that shit. Yeah. Damn. I I used to enjoy hosting shows, really. I just enjoyed fanning around. Did you? I don't know if I enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) But I did it on a weekly basis. It's skipping ahead a little bit, but I just remember uh, how drained you looked after the shows, right? Because when jkb was really running and stuff and you'd have like big crowds and then we would go out for kebabs or something after and you just looked like spent so ample comedy came to an end at probably the end of 2015 okay more or less i think it would want to talk about how that ended sure so uh me and lucia i did some foolish things and uh i basically blew up my relationship and uh yeah it was it was not good it was certainly not good and so we everyone was in love with everyone i think i think yeah there's a lot of people being in love and i certainly said some things and uh yeah we fell out um and it was i'd give myself (laughs) 99.999 percent of the blame probably uh but yeah so then after that i started doing a show with my girlfriend at the time yeah which was called just kidding barcelona which that has had a profound legacy on uh, on Barcelona. Actually. In what way? So, just kidding, Barcelona, or right? Mm-hmm. JKB begat Hush Hush, right. which was its own. <laughs> like it was like Barcelona's yeah. lodestar for a long time. Yeah, and that that fight that you had with Pumpage would end up kind of like creating these two branches of comedy here, here so in the funny. city for a while, and that like it you left. You know, and these divisions continued on for years. I am so sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Well, because, and I want, I want to say, we'll come back to it, but like it ended up being it, like two different styles of entertainment or performance. And one was very artistic based and like quality based. And the other was get butts in the seats and like have a good time and shots. And it, you know, uh, the show pumpage continued on at craft and Kraft had its own kind of pool of comedians that pissed everybody else off. Like the Kraft mm. comics just oh, just got in fights with everybody else. And everybody else was kind of like these really yeah. soft-spoken British types of uh, showrunners and, and kind and be, gentle. And You had to be cocky for Kraft. I think Kraft is where, yeah. I, where I come in, by the way. That was the first yeah, show that's I ever did that's in like I never saw you doing shows here, but when did you start here? Like, when were you first in Barcelona uh, doing comedy? I arrived in the th- end of 2016. Yeah, um, because I left in the middle of 2017, and we never had you on any shows, which seems weird <laughs> to me now. Like, So I think at the time there was, uh, maybe there was stand-up comedy kills or something going on. No, not no, that that was gone. That was gone before I got here. Dan left in 2016, and I think that was already done by then. There were other shows happening, but I didn't know about them. See, that seems crazy to me. Did no one tell you? Um, Well, I guess I was... You were pretty... Or were you just happy doing the other thing? I Um, guess I was performing at Craft. When I first started, I was performing at Craft maybe once every few weeks and i just i guess i just assumed that that was all that was going on 
comedy wise and i was how old were you at the time as well um 25 mm. so you were having a fun time 26 <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so I was, uh, it didn't really matter free drinks lots of people uh yeah yeah, yeah exactly that's it, was, fair. It, was, it was that whole world I wish I'd known, and I eventually uh, got into doing uh, some of the other shows that were going on at the time, yeah. uh, which turned out to be a lot better. I mean, Craft was a always a tough room, a badly shaped room, and 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 not a very receptive audience. Yeah, uh, but I'm kind of I, I saw it as a bit of a uh, trial by fire type yeah. situation. I think there's a bit of a middle ground to be found in between those two things that you're talking about because I was definitely way too far on the side of like it needs to be it must oh, be this man, it's very yeah. like it's we need to have artistic integrity. So and then Vinny who ran Pompage was just like did not give a fuck whatsoever. Former stripper <laughs> Hindu stag party leader extraordinaire. Um well let's talk about how JKB started and then we'll we'll get to okay. the Pompage argument in just a minute. So Teaser. it started because, so Issa, <laughs> this is how fucking hell, Probably, <laughs> I don't know if she'd want me talking about this, I don't know, but um, uh, she went to Berlin, this is my ex, or when we broke up yeah. in, in 2015, she went to Berlin and she met a bunch of the acts over there and then she started doing comedy and then when, uh, by the end of that year, we decided to do a show together called Just Kidding Barcelona. And she was very good at taking care of the business angle. So she got... Yeah. Um, she was very organized. I can't think what it's called. The, the Collective? Where did no, you no, guys no, start? No, 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 no. That's um, the one where they do... Oh, Seven Sins. No, 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 no. On the Sunday now. Um, Paraguas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we were using that room, um, but then they couldn't insure it or something like those were mm. great we used to get like a hundred and something people it was packed it was insane. yeah oh man okay I, I got to do it once or twice yeah you did i remember we had yeah. guys come in who were like we want to record the shows for some kind of student project and stuff like that cool. like it just i don't know we were i had no idea about anything i was just what i was just dicking around i was well, just so like yeah whatever like the fact that you've turned this into like a really professional enterprise i never had any of that you know like noose i didn't understand anything i was just like whatever well that's Come what i in. think is hilarious is because like when i joined you know hannah and i started doing comedy around the same time here and it, i started doing comedy because i went to your seven sins show Saw all the acts and was like, <laughs> I, I can be that bad. I saw you on that first night. I yeah. saw that look on your face. Actually, I think you probably said that. You were like, that was it? I could fucking do that. Well, so fair I, play. You're still going. We, we, had, we had quite a bit of crowd interaction between you and I. I was really? in the, Yeah, yeah. I was, me and my friends were drunk. We were I don't inside. remember. I'll be it's honest. Fair. I don't remember any show, more or less. Really? I genuinely don't remember. Oh, I remember it's, lots it's of gone. things. But um, yeah, you you were like, "What do you do?" And I was like, a "Science." And you're like, "Oh shit, all right." And then there's I don't know. You're you're <laughs> fine. You did a great job hosting. I respect it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I saw it and I was like, "Well, I can try that." And so I did my first set at the funniest Ficker. Oh yeah, that, so yeah, so that's worth mentioning. Stephen Garland yeah. used to run and I think still does still a does. comedy competition, which when I started, that was like one of the only options there were if you wanted to do stand-up was to do that so like i remember seeing a bunch of people that i've only ever seen since then do funniest figure <laughs> shows <laughs> like once a year they do stand-up yeah joseph catala is like uh yeah so he, he, he was actually great he was very funny joseph. he he just was gonna do a show here and then yeah. had to pull out for some reason yeah i thought he maybe did do one back at limerick or something rather yeah no but like he he had signed we were talking to him oh, last okay. week or the week before I think he's married with kids, middle-aged, busy. He's got, he's got things to do. He's got important things to do. That's the 2012 Funniest Ficker. No, no, no. That guy so, has freedom. Yeah, let's see if we can name all of our Funniest Fickers. Because it was well, Joseph Catalog, then Go Stephanie Figuera, yeah. then Rob Marquez, yeah, then I right. think Hotch. Yeah, I remember that year. I, I hosted the year Hotch. One. Really? Yeah, I positioned my... I was very much... I mean, I could, could be called arrogant. No! <laughs> No. I, but I, trans I I went like, fuck that. I'm not doing the competition. I don't want to lose. I know oh, what man. I'll do. I will, I'll put myself into the position of hosting it. You know who else does that? <laughs> who? Chris Groves. 
Oh yeah, okay. He's like the host extraordinaire. Yeah, now. fair he play. Performed a the lot, though. He reckons he's performed the most funniest pickers without ever having one. I'm 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 chasing the title. <laughs> I'm coming after him. <laughs> I don't know. I just I never liked the idea. I, this was me on my fucking arty bullshit of going like it's not supposed to be about competition. So my the last time I performed there, like my my end set was I ended the set by saying comedy competitions are fucking retarded. <laughs> Unless you win. Yeah, and then in, in which, which case, case they're amazing and yeah. they're good. And, and I would tell, I would never shut up about yeah. it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I so I did my first set at Funniest Picker, and I and that was 20, 2016. Then. Yeah, okay. and I did a joke about Issa's joke. So do you remember? <laughs> That's very meta. It was well, it was incredibly dumb, <laughs> but it was my first set ever. I had no idea, and I felt like. To, do you remember Issa's joke about how she yes. takes a boy home and yeah, her dad yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. what we? I don't remember how it goes. Yeah, but I remember Disney, kind of like Disney films. Yeah, explaining it and then trying to like because I felt like she missed the the obvious punchline punch or this or that, and then, uh, um, you know, I'm doing this joke and then I look up and like, oh, there's Issa's boyfriend, one of the judges, you know. I think no, you hosted uh, it. Yeah, I don't think I was judging. I would not be yeah. doing, I would. <laughs> so I didn't advance. I didn't and I was, want to do that. I was upset. <laughs> Lucy advanced out of my yeah. round, despite completely flubbing yeah. one of her, uh, I think it was the urine, you know, growing hair out. Anyway, point is, Matthew started doing comedy. Then you have, uh, so then you have JKB, right? Yeah. And so we did that in like, like a couple of bars for a while. There was... Paragua and Seven Sins a little bit, and then I think I don't know what happened. Yeah, like they needed insurance at the bar; they couldn't have any performers anymore, so we had to start renting a space. The collective. Yeah. But that's when shit got. That was like a that's a like a Real. a small theater, an RT yeah. theater space. It was probably about seventy seats. We sold tickets for five euros each, and it was four of us. It was me, Isa. Lucy and Donica. Donica. And so we just brought in a few other people and a different person hosted each time, pretty much. Yeah. But they, those shows looked so professional, so nice, because that space was really nice. And then it had an enormous green room. If there was one thing, if there's one thing I'll pride myself on, it was having taste of what a show should look like right. and be run like. Well, and so, the, and that's the genesis of the the biggest controversy in barcelona comedy <laughs> ever so <Split>. yeah <laughs> so andy is here Excuse with his me. ideas of what comedy should be and how it should be done and it's very very artistic and very professional like the lighting needs to be just so the room needs to be Too like much. This. i mean i was like insane on things like that i get yes. i get really wound up and go like this is not right yeah well and that was the thing and so <laughs> then you had vincent valentine running the, the show out of craft and belushi's and it's just like stag do hen party we had a safe word right at craft where if the com hilarious. because if the comedy comedian is bombing he can say the safe word oh yeah and the whole <laughs> audience yeah. is supposed to go crazy but wild. Vinny would make the safe word every time aids or rape or like like that's just where his mind went and so andy at the time like and this you have to understand like the the scene as it was it was extremely new and Andy was very worried about how other people are going to perceive comedy in Barcelona. Mm -hmm. And his, his argument is like, you can't have these shit shows of comedy specials or else nobody's going to take it seriously. Everybody's going to talk. You have to train the audience how to, how to act, how to react. Yeah. And he started charging for it. And, but like, so that ended up, you know, producing Hush Hush. There's well, actually, there's one thing I'd say about that, which is like, in retrospect now thinking back on it we were just doing our own thing and we should have just stayed in our own lane there was yeah. no reason to give a shit what anyone yeah. else was doing that yeah. didn't mean anything but we were so much into i was personally into like a whole bubble of the whole thing well it didn't have any kind of i couldn't see the reality of it so i was so going like you're ruining this thing you're ruining yeah. it and it just didn't matter at all well it's hard to so sorry, it Vinny. would be hard to remember at that time that like it's a big city and there's actually a lot of yeah, potential no one, comedy fans. Most people didn't know there was stand-up <laughs> yeah. comedy. They'd turn up and they'd be like, there's comedy? Yeah. But you guys felt like you're fighting over the same yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. It's so stupid. People. That's the, the stupidest thing, which is, gr I mean, the idea of having your own comedy club makes so much sense. 
because it's a massive city and you're not filling a stadium or you yeah. know what i mean it's like it's totally doable as i'm sure <laughs> you you're would finding. think you would think oh, no okay <laughs> it's actually really hard to get 60 people to come watch comedy on a wednesday night or whatever well, now, now that we're like spread so thin yeah as both as a comedy club and as, as a scene in, in, mm. in general there's three shows a night on average or whatever and unfortunately we are splitting that audience mm. still i think i a still bit. think there's a whole bunch of people in barcelona that don't know this comedy Definitely. or don't know Every... that the comedy in barcelona is good yeah yeah uh well and that's yeah. i don't know how much you've gotten to seen or, or and if you travel if you can compare it to others but i've yeah the, i, the I think what you're doing now is yeah impressive. it's it's like i was Again, this is me and my own bullshit, but I was always against like writing courses and stuff like that, just because yeah. people I respected were against them. You know, like Stanhope yeah. and people like that were like, "No, oh, you're not supposed to do that." The, the process of learning comedy is doing it. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel now because I think what happens is people well, people learn how to write like a functional act, but I don't know if that's learning to be funny. It's not. But I, but but does it matter at the end of the day? If the audiences are happy, that's the only thing that matters. Well, I would argue that you couldn't, you you can't skip the step of just performing it and eating shit for a while. It feels like, like even if you take a course and you learn the techniques and stuff, when you get on stage, it's a whole different fair beast. True, it feels like a non-comedic attitude. Or I used to think this a little bit more. The idea that you would really try and prepare everything before going on stage. I kind of felt like to be a comedian was to go up without knowing how it was going to go and to kind of like take the full risk of, of, mm. of, of bombing. Um, so I saw comedy classes as a way to kind of try and avoid that. It's, I mean, I, I'm somewhere like I, I barely do stand up yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I hardly ever do it. I just do it from time to time when I feel like it, but it's like it's not really it's not really my thing uh, anymore. But you know, we were just talking to John Spillane uh, in a previous episode, maybe yeah, probably. <laughs> and uh, I mean, he goes up with basically nothing essentially. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's people you can do what you can do whatever you want, and if people want to do like writing courses and yeah, I mean, it's a solid basis, but you're attracting a completely different type of person to do comedy now. Like, because people nowadays, and I think it's a good thing. I, I genuinely think it's a good thing, but like, they don't need to endure cokeheads screaming <laughs> at them, if, you know, going like, why are you in our bar? Yeah. Ruining our nice night. Like, you know, and that was kind of my thing about Pumpage and Vinny's comedy things was like, I always wanted comedy to be in the exact situation. I was never one of those people who was like, oh, you should just be able to, you don't need a microphone. You just stand at the bar, you know, like a kind of, Irish no. storyteller. I was always like, I want the lighting to be perfect. I yeah. want it in a dark room, low ceilings. I, I mean, I, and I think that like your, your side of the argument's really borne out. Like it's, I've seen it make such a big difference in tons of places. Like hush, hush. Like, uh, when they were killing it, I don't think it would, they had that much better of acts over anything else, but everything looked right. And like, you know, they packed the people in, they uh, expectations for what the acts and then do. they like charge we'd rock you know, up and just try whatever we wanted to and, and yeah. yeah you had made me think of a different point but let, let's go back to how that that rift started because i think what happened was that Vinny. i was living with Vinny. you were living That's with Vinny at, I broke at the time with my ex for a period of time we were on a break oh and, and uh, you, <laughs> you rebounded with Vinny. yeah i lived with Vinny for a period of months and it was not a good idea it was not mm. a good idea. We did. We rubbed each other the wrong way. Yeah. And uh, I can't yeah. imagine I two personalities <laughs> like so different. I don't know if I'm going to take 99.99% of the blame <laughs> this time, but I'll take a chunk. I'll take a big chunk of it. Yeah. Um, but it was that was a bad idea. That was a, a terrible idea. But and I, th I think what happened is that JKB was running on Thursdays, and Dan was trying to start a show maybe on Wednesdays at Cuevas. And then Vinny started his show at Craft on Wednesday, like directly opposite one, and that was it. Then, then you were like either like a JKB performer <laughs> or, or a pumpage person. Was it that bad? Was it that much of a... It, it was pretty, pretty heavy. Like you, were, you, you, you yourself were pretty polite about it, but like you could feel the, oh yeah, well, of course you would play that room, you know, like... You could just absolutely feel it. 
And it just, it carried on forever. Like we had, you know, Rob Marquez, right? Yes. You remember him? Like he's quintessential pumpage performer. Him, yeah. uh, myself, D-Riel, uh, we, we did those that uh-huh. room a lot. I remember consciously when I, when I started running shows and, and booking performers, kind of trying not to let uh, personal clashes or, or who performed where stop me from putting them on, on my show or kind of like trying to set a policy where it was like, you, as the performer, it didn't matter mm. what was going on sort of behind the scenes. Um, and I think it was a, basically a remnant. I think it's hard to juggle this. being a showrunner and like doing comedy yourself, like oh performing. Like that's the hardest. Because I found the hardest thing was dealing with people, you know, like running the light and things like that. And just, you know, having insane egos. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that was, that's the hardest Everybody's part. been doing comedy for like 18 months and they think they're the best. But also me, I was like, who am I? Who the fuck yeah. am I? I'm just some guy who started doing an open mic. You know what I mean? I'm not. Well, th- you would Not say anything. that sometimes, and I would—I n- didn't understand it because, like, when I when I started, you were, you know. Because th- I think that's how you the- see people who've been doing it longer than you. Yeah, you even just if saw it's because yeah. you saw them at a time when they were like almighty and powerful. Yeah. I think those lines have been blurred a little bit now because I think the bar of entry to stand up is really is much lower than it used to be. I I got into stand up at a time where that bar was being lowered because I listened to so many comedy podcasts, you know. Like, listening to Rogan <laughs> 10 years ago. Wow. Back then, he used to talk about just stand-up. Like, just what, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, the art of comedy of how to fuck a stool. <laughs> <laughs> Etc. But, like, it was more... Listening to comedy podcasts back then were teaching you, like, how to run a, how to run a show, essentially. Yeah. And apart from that, I watched a ton of stand-up when I was younger. I mean, I used to go to the, the stand, the club in uh, Scotland. And I basically like ripped off anything that I liked from how their shows were run. So that's why we used to have like two breaks for people to drink because like comedy is essentially an alcohol sales business, as I'm sure you're very much aware. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. That is all it is, is a way to sell alcohol. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you bring up the, the lower barrier of entry because stand up. Well, stand-up in particular, but this, I think, is true of, like, hobbies all over the board, um, have become professionalized in, the, in a sense, right? Like, you can get famous on YouTube doing your sure. hobby or whatever. Well, so here in, here in Barcelona, in, in, in our stand-up scene, we have a lot of comedians as hobbyists. Like, they don't... Nobody has, like, pretensions... Or not nobody, but most of, most of the performers here don't have pretensions of going to make it, you know, one day, right? Like... Everybody seems to accept, hey, you're just giving it your, your all. and I don't know. I think I, I lost the thread there, but... <laughs> I think I, I, I prefer spending time with those acts. Yeah? <laughs> They're obvious. Yeah. Well, so that's... But the, that's what's so funny, because you're so fucking professional and, like, arrogant <laughs> about it. During your, <laughs> For no reason. Yeah. <laughs> but it was more about running the show, if anything. It wasn't about me, because I never fancied myself as a great stand-up comedian at all. Yeah. I hated I hate writing material. I hate really? it so. I hate it. I would rather like <laughs> clean the house or do anything. And most of the time, I just any premise, I'm like, ah, it's already been done, and who uh, cares? And nah, nah, nah. but so I I like hosting shows was much easier for me because I could just be mean to people. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what I enjoyed. I being, enjoyed being mildly witty. You told me that after one of my sets. You were like, Matt, I, I like it when you're just mean to people. I think that's when you're funniest. And so I was like, oh, okay. That's so I, and I apologize for any uh, tips or advice I ever gave anyone. I, I don't remember exactly what you did in your bit, but like you had a, you know, a stammering, slow mic adjusting Oh, God, stretch there. Make, I'm cringing just thinking about it. Well, you're going to cringe even more because oh, I was God. like, oh, Andy, that's really funny. How did you think of that? You're like, think of it. The I stole that from work. Stuart Lee. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's 100% true as well. Yeah. <laughs> or the mic stand was just actually broken. Was, there usually were. They usually were. <laughs> so the, you never ran shows with Vinny. You just, you sort of were friendly with them. I did one open, one or two open mics. We you did, did Belushi's, we, right? Yeah, I didn't run that with him. I ran oh. one open mic in Seven Sins, maybe one time, okay. and then that was it. But, um, 
But you're the one that gave else. him the idea for running comedy. Yeah, no, that's not true. So I'm, Vinny, if you're listening, you can weigh in. He's somehow. in Kazakhstan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think he had already come around to suck gigs. Like <laughs> it, worst it, name ever, he by the way. Show suckle as well. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he did uh, stand up comedy live. Yeah, I think he had already come. Like, so I started in 2014 in the autumn. He'd already been around in the summer, okay. scouting out shows. So I think he'd already uh, had some idea about getting involved in comedy. Ace before. promoter, in his way. Definitely. He clued me into so many things about like uh, Facebook bots and things like that that probably aren't legal anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he used to just bombard the internet. Like yeah. that's, he's, he's one of the people that are part of the reason why Facebook turned <laughs> into like a, like a big viral play. What it is. Why no one uses it anymore, Yeah, right? basically. Why oh, no one goes into these Facebook groups to ask questions. Yeah. You go and it's just people promoting different stuff. That's actually a good point because when we were like... Uh, advertising shows like in 2016 even facebook was amazing we paid like five euros and we could fill a room like yeah. it was so good back then so we were part of the problem as well of just spamming people with shite and you know paid advertising well, well but it was really scared. effective yeah. still but each each of the showrunners still has 30 or 40 facebook I do groups see so that. they're still I do going see through and, and spam every, every so single often. one so yeah. now it's happening twice a day for for all of the groups, and it's a waste of time. Uh, if opinion. anyone sees, I mean, I don't know, like, what other advertising do you do? Instagram paid advertising? I've, I've done paid advertising on Reddit and Twitter before. Wow. How does that appear on Reddit? On, like, the Barcelona subreddit or something? Or just, these, This is when I toured. Or is it, like, geotagged or something to the location? No, I don't know. Yeah, geotag for sure. I don't know. That sounds like a thing. The um, I mean, I made that up. <laughs> all of these advertising platforms, the the entry looks exactly the same as Facebook, right. right? So like when you go to make an ad, you you set your demographics in the same exact way. Um, or do you, do you try to avoid spending money on things like advertising now? Now we shows? do. Here oh. in Barcelona, we don't spend much money. These yeah. both twi Twitter and Reddit were when I was touring up in. Uh, in the north we've seen that people can spend it, it there's a wild difference of like how effective the ad can be there's, we've seen people spend 200 euros on ads for their show and basically not sell yeah, any tickets brutal. and so i think it's brutal. worth who was I'm, that <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say <laughs> tell me off air <laughs> we'll tell you off air i've always wanted to do that i've never had the opportunity i always listen to podcasts and people are like i'll tell you off air I, know, I never I got wanna, to be the one who gets told. I kind of want to tell you. Listen, to anyone. Oh, no, I'll tell you what. Right, anyone. If you want to know, just contact me afterwards. After yeah. to this, I'll nah, tell you. Fuck it. Is. It was Sid Singh. Yeah. Okay. Who's That's a, rough. He's a, yeah, he's a talented guy. Act, right? yeah. I've never seen him, but I heard he's, no, he's, he's a great good. guy. He's, he's I love very him. good. I think he changed the name That's of rough. the show afterwards and changed, yeah. uh, you know, the poster and all of that kind of thing, which uh, makes sense. But for my show on, on Saturday, I'll put probably 20 euros on. Facebook wow. ads. What oh, show do you have Instagram. on Saturday? I've got the Gong Show. Oh, you can perform. No. I need male comedians. Do you? Yeah, I've got like five female comedians and no men that are willing to step up and do a Gong Show. I used to. I, I feel like shows that I did usually were at least like fifty-fifty, and not because I was trying to do it. <laughs> not because I was making a great feminist statement, but it was genuinely, yeah. beca genuinely because like the females were usually better. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Not anymore, obviously. I don't you've, know. you've crushed all of their their spirits. Yeah, and, yeah uh, they, the man they both quit. <laughs> um, you, I think you and your chop were the ones that realized uh, advertising to women was the was a oh, great we did way. All, yeah, we did all kinds of. <laughs> sounds creepy. <laughs> we did all kinds <laughs> of things like that. Yeah, we used to advertise like the age group. That yeah, we we got way more females at some of those shows. Like and the they made JKB for shows. amazing audiences. Yeah, because they would enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. The men would be sitting there going like, look at this. I could do cunt. this. <laughs> I could do this. That is accurate. I used to be one of those guys. <laughs> Me too. That was kind of like one of, like I've, it's an honest to God life lesson that I've learned from you. Was What's that? <laughs> you were like, oh, this place needs an open mic. I'll just go and I'll start it. And it's, you know, like, and you just did it. 
no one else was going to do it. But I also, for some reason, I was insanely motivated. I, I know what it was, actually. I, this is you were this, single. <laughs> no, I wasn't no. single. I wasn't single oh. at the time. Uh, but I watched the Coen Brothers film uh, Inside Lewin Davis. That's a mental thing to do a stand-up comedy open mic because you watch like, a fictional film about a 60s uh, folk star. A guy who gets his ass handed yeah, to him, yeah. too. It's, like, it's, it's miserable. He has a miserable time the entire film. But after yeah. I watched that, I was like, I need to do something artistic. Oh, man. But also, I was 32 when I started. I which might is have been around there. Yeah, which is not ago. ideal, really. No. I think you're supposed to start when you're 18. Do you 18, feel like your, your <laughs> flower had bloomed already? Well, I, I, for window. me, it was sort of party times, though. Like, I went a bit, I went a bit hard a lot of the time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. I remember you telling time. me, uh, "Oh, if you want stage time, you just have to host the show." Like, yeah, that's what. That's, that's just what it how is. How many years did you do that? <laughs> so many. Yeah. I ended up like wrestling the the craft show away from Vinny. Yeah, I, I would host because you know also he would. He just sounds like a strip club DJ when he talks. Give it up for. He did a he did a set once. Uh, yeah. Did you ever were you there? No, that would have been before I, your time. Well, Maybe he'd done other things later, but I remember. He, he, when we, I, I've seen him on stage a few times. Yeah. Because I think for the first year at Kraft, like I, had to, I had to work my way up that chain. Like the first year, I was just doing spots. And then I was like, let me open. Mm-hmm. And then I got to open for a while. And then I was like, Vinny, just let me host it. And then I, I hosted it for a while. And then we got it almost to a place where it wasn't absolutely terrible. For a brief period of time. And then the pandemic hit. More or less. Yeah. So when I arrived, you were you were the man in charge, pretty much. It was Vinny hosting some of the time. Yeah. But you certainly, certainly, my impression of you was that you'd been doing it for a long time, and that you were sort of the guy to look up to. But yeah. I get the sense that I get the sense that from then to now is a huge jump, just in terms of like what you can do now, with having your own space and having these shows all the time and international acts. Like when we, we, because when we first started out, we were getting like international touring acts from the UK and, uh, you know, we were just getting shitty terms and like people, you know, fucking. Give me names. (laughs) Uh, Give me examples. I'll do, I'm not going to name names on this one. I'll tell you off mic. No, I'll tell you off mic because I feel bad. Rockman. No, uh, no, no he's fine. He, he was totally... He, I never did anything. What he, touring UK comics did you I'll have? tell you later. Right. <laughs> I'll tell you off mic. If okay. you want to know, message me and I'll tell you. <laughs> what deal uh, were retail. you getting with bars at the time? Were you getting a cut of the bar or they were just like, do your show, that's fine? Were you getting free drinks? What was... Yeah, we got free... We got definitely free got free drinks yeah, everywhere. Yeah. That, was, that, was, a big, that yeah. was a big problem. That was a big... That, for me, that was a big problem. Um, I, say, I, we need, I think we need to give out more free drinks. We used to get like... Um, got the pina colada shots back. Right. Wait, so like, what, what's your free drink situation now? You give uh, acts one, one drink. Yeah, one for performance. I think one drink is fair. I think two drinks for some people is when, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking by myself. Right, the snake. <laughs> when the darkness comes out. We used to get like 20. So like when we were running shows, we'd get up to like 20, 25% of the bar. It's wow. Decent, yeah. And we collected money at the end. Wow. People, so like we used to rake in like yeah. hundreds of euros for a show and then we would pay people out we made sure we wanted to pay everyone and i don't know what the idea was there i think it was i was doing some of thing like you know it has to it's got to be above board or something yeah. but i, I mean people were getting fuck all to be honest we were giving them like five or ten euros to be fair but i don't know if you remember when i started those shows in cosmo bar I do. Yeah, that so, was a nice venue. That was, was doomed to <laughs> failure <laughs> almost immediately. Well, they were paying me 200 euros a that week was for two shows. Wow. And I, I was like, I'm going to pay the comedians 20 euros. That and I'm going to, this will ensure I get the best comedians and the best, their best material. And it, no, absolutely work. not. No, there's That's like sad. no money motivation for many of these guys. I think a good show is the motivation. Like a good room is the motivation. A full room. Yeah. And I think I'm assuming that that's what you have here. I've only been to just see John Spillane's birthday shenanigans, and I wouldn't call that a show. <laughs> I, I, uh, I it was a fun was, time. It was a fun yeah. time. <laughs> that's about average. Maybe maybe on average we'd do slightly better than that for. It. But for I, sure I just mean yeah. So the, okay, that number of people, but with like a show show vibe, like a serious mm-hmm. like. It's a. I mean, we really good. have the full spectrum here. So when Michelle Wolf does hers, we have 
uh, you know, the room is absolutely packed. I mean, that's great that you have someone like her, so like around. Absolute Ooh, godsend. Yeah. yeah. What well, and she's thing. you know she's yeah her her show is keeping the place afloat more or less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this month's been a lot worse than last month. This month oh, has been really summer's, rough. Summer's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Although. Hopefully our competition Spanish, stops. Right, Spanish shows are all going to stop. So I feel like the Spanish gong might go all right. Um, and we'll see. If anyone else that runs a show in Barcelona wants to take a little break for the summer, we recommend it. Louise, go go to a different country. <laughs> Do you remember Louise Vendre? Yes. He is <laughs> I'm killing him the other night. Did you? <laughs> oh, okay. He does, he does very, very well these days. Yeah. Uh, he works hard. Yeah, that was my other uh, one more question. Who's your typical clientele then here? Like, who goes to shows? Are they tourists? Are they locals? Not enough tourists. That's Mm, really what we would like to be targeting. What I've been trying to do this past week is going to loads of different hostels hostels, and and handing out flyers and all that kind of thing (laughs) to about 80 different hostels. I want hotels. You you could. I mean, off of the strength of like Michelle Wolf and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah, hotels would be lovely. I think basically most hotels have a rule that they won't give away flyers. Mm. and they're just kind of colder people. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just... I think hostels are used to people coming in. Yeah, used definitely. to telling, like, kind of interacting more with their guests. Uh, and also, hotels are more interested in, like, the high ticket. Like, uh, tapas... Tapas evening might cost 100 euros... So even if the commission is 10%, it's, right. it's a lot more than we could ever offer anyone for yeah, like, yeah. you know, even if we offer 50% of a 10 euro show, it's not. It's <laughs> what not if we, maybe we should pair it. with like a restaurant or something. It'd be cool. Do yeah. Some to sort do of package deal. Wine and cheese and comedy eaves. Speaking of which, there is a ticket booth thing in the Ramblas and we need it. We should get on that somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I took a picture on my phone. That's uh that's some. Some real brass tacks here on no, I like the uh, that, these are the best parts. Yeah, because uh, I enjoy listening to those bits where you talk. Not me talking shite. <laughs> I want to hear you guys. <laughs> you want to hear the struggle? Money. Yeah, like, yeah. That's it. I want to hear the, the all the. So parts. I don't know. I'd say our. I would love to say our average audience size is twenty five, but it's, I think mathematically it's probably more like ten or fifteen. Yeah, we we count the shows that are, that are doing well more yeah. often. Has this changed since the other venue? Oh man. Well, cuz you're in a better location in my opinion. I think I think we probably have the same number of people as the other location, but here they don't drink as much and yeah, it's it because like it's bigger. Less. It yeah. feels like like it's less, yeah. I like the room downstairs. I really like it. So does Michelle. Yeah, it feels like uh it feels like a fringe room actually. Very mm-hmm. much. It feels very Edinburgh. The room's a lot better, the comedy's a lot better. It yeah. has the potential for expanding. It just hasn't yet. I you have just faith. Need to get people to I got drink. faith because I feel also like everybody's on like health kicks. Like how many? <laughs> who are our alcoholic friends? We don't have any alcoholics coming to this club anymore. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. Oh yeah, because you used to. <laughs> hey, wait, hey, listen, I'm speaking out. <laughs> you used to have a few like uh, regular bar flies, right? Yeah. Be sitting around, oh yeah. So. Yeah, Limerick was great for that because you'd often lure in just a few to be honest like english or irish tourists that were like oh it's an irish pub and then they'd come in and they'd spend a hundred euros on gin and tonics throughout the night you know because we don't get that at all here. i don't think i'd ever been on this street until the other night yeah and i lived in barcelona for four years so it is is like off the beaten track just a little bit in theory we should be able to fly her there in front of the church yeah, can you not? Have you tried anything like that? We've tried once before. I don't know who. You need Sam Rhodes' like, show. Get someone with like a golf sign out on the Ramblas. Yeah, or yeah. Like James tried for Sam Rhodes' show. I want to redesign the flyers, make them look a little nicer, even for giving them out to hostels. But that's something I wanted to do and just didn't get around to. Yeah. Yeah, there's other other ways to. I think it's going to be a slow build, but. As long as we keep our head above water, which we're doing, great. Yeah. Yep. Which More I'm told is a, a a success in itself for a new business. Absolutely, and like you started it in the middle of a, a global pandemic, which yeah. is insane. I yeah. can't believe that you did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think you're both mentally that ill. Was, that was crazy. <laughs> that was pretty much everybody's uh, <laughs> take on on the idea. But it's it's very, like I say, no, I, I would never have occurred to me to do anything like this. So like you're saying, me like starting an open mic, yeah, fine. You've got a fucking comedy club. Well, but that's, that's the thing is, I all those years ago, I was like, 
well, when you when you were gonna leave, yeah, I was like, why would you leave? And when Dan left, I was like, why would you leave? The Barcelona has all the pieces You're right. here. It just had a lot of potential. You, you know, like for years we're on the precipice. We're, yeah, it's about to take off. You're right. Now it's taken so, off. Suck it, Berlin. Oh, <laughs> can we talk some like some shit? Yeah, because Are you one gonna of, put this on the episode? <laughs> absolutely, okay, this is fun. <laughs> Oh, we have, what, 50 listeners? Like, it's not oh, okay. going to... Wow, that's solid. And uh, whatever, we can tell the people. But uh, apparently, we have a, a show called Midweek Crisis. Andy, you're the perfect person to educate this. Adjudicate. Yeah? yeah. Like, judge it. Adjudicate. That's what I said. Sure. And uh, <laughs> so, there's a, we had a show here called Midweek Crisis, and oh, there's yeah, a there's performer up okay, in sorry, Berlin. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, they I, had I a saw show. this. Yeah? I saw it on social media. And then apparently, yeah, they so they accused one of our comedians of stealing the name. Which she clearly did, right? I, <laughs> she went I would, to Berlin, right? <laughs> she was it's scheduled one of those, to perform on that show. 100% ripped off. 100%. Subconscious. It seems like it was likely subconscious, but also uh, you got to change the name of that. Why? Story. Why? Why? It, but is it just is the it, name or is it like, is it concept? a concept too? Does it matter? I think the name is fine. I don't there's, think it matters. You know, there's but a it, show it here. It doesn't matter with the concept. Yeah, you've got something two, else that's ripped off somewhere else. Two, not, not, not at the clubhouse. <laughs> I've seen something somewhere that's ripped off. The, the, bumping mics. Scene, bumping, right? every, yeah, okay, that was Spanish, guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was like, bumping mics? Who do you think you are? But and that's how what, popular does you? something have to be before it's okay to steal it, right? So the, the first time someone did a gong show outside of the UK or wherever it originated, that wasn't okay. But I now think it's it was China. <laughs> Is that racist? <laughs> you can't cancel me from nothing. 300 BC. Yeah. Um, now it's accepted, you know. So it's not yeah. accepted for us to call a show midweek crisis. But the next time someone does it, eventually, if everyone does it, it will be okay. I think or a you, roast battle. But I think it's not yeah. even like it only matters. It's in between different comedy performers. If there's like a, you know, it's just a beef of someone going like, yeah, that's yeah, my name. Well, and it really I, just, matter, I think it? it's like the pettiest, stupidest thing. Because what's going to happen? Are they worried that somebody's going to be like, oh, I want to go <laughs> to that midweek. Oh, I have to go all the way to Barcelona yeah. to see it? I yeah. mean, it's not going to exactly i don't know who i don't know who the showrunner is up there but they're picking on my my little mila and i'll defend yeah, her we'll yeah fire them kick fuck out hell them. yeah sure sure it wasn't suck it berliners i'm yeah. ready to fight feisty yeah, i've had them. a cup of coffee yeah, that's right that's pretty you might as well barcelona yeah. versus berlin you take them here's a because i love you shitting on bad ideas uh, okay <laughs> one idea we had sure. is a, a comedy olympics we invite performers from various yeah, this is awful. scenes. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> we have different events. We could have like a one-liner event. We can have a uh, like the freestyle egg, egg and spoon race. Stro- okay, three-legged. Li- yeah, yeah, three-legged yeah, race. The, the wheelbarrow thing and all that. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. That'd you don't like fun. it? Uh, Come on, let's challenge Berlin to bring Don't listen to me. You've got a comedy club. Do it yourselves. Don't listen to what but I say. But Andy, you you did comedy <laughs> for three years and then quit. Your opinion matters. You should listen to what I say. I take it back. Uh, I think it's a good idea, Matthew. All right. You should do that. Stay tuned for this August. You'll Comedy Olympics coming to Barcelona. That's right. Uh, but make sure there's no Russians involved, obviously. Because yeah. they dope. Right. They are dope. I'm going to get a lot of steroids. <laughs> I guess just as someone that was uh, one of the progenitors of Barcelona comedy and by his self-proclamation has an ID, eye for detail when it comes to, to putting on a, a, a fantastic comedy show... Uh, I don't imagine there's anything, but if there was anything you could spot. <laughs> uh, what would you change place, about the place? Would there be anything that you would change? Feel free to say nothing. Uh, I think it's all... I, I really like the room downstairs. I had never I never saw what it was like in a normal show. I just saw John Spillane in fucking birthday wrapping paper. So, and then bursting <laughs> out and throwing popcorn at people's faces. So, like, I don't really... You I don't, don't know. really know, but it all seems it all seems very nice and cool to me. It's well, nice I mean, the, the it's the upstairs that we get a lot of flack for. The uh, downstairs is pretty. It's much very. I don't know. I, I like it personally. It maybe doesn't feel very comedy clubish, but I, I mean that's a hard thing. Or to, welcoming. I don't know. It, it's you're, it's early days. You're gonna put more and more stuff. I'm sure. I think it's no, a nice done. space. Oh, you're done. This okay. is it. All right. Well, fair we want to paint on the wall. We yeah, paint. you can put some stuff on the walls, but yeah. yeah. We want to paint uh, the Sagrada Familia of comedy. Uh, <laughs> we'll be done in... Yeah, give, give us 150 more years yeah, and, and, and then, then take a look. Are you rent, you're renting this space, is yeah. that right? Yeah, we're renting. 
Okay. So make sure you don't pay anything on the walls then. You have to repaint it. You have to paint everything oh. white when you leave. Uh, you staying forever? I don't know. They had. I'm just kidding. They had all their stupid shit on here yeah, when we got here. Right to to kind yeah, of do yeah. with it what we want as long as there's no sort of structural damage. I'll stay here forever. Do you have like? Do you have someone working the door? No. Ever. Uh, during shows, sometimes we we put a ticket taker out there. Not yeah, not usually. We try to be honest. We tried it. We tried it with volunteers. Yeah. And I decided I didn't want to do it with them anymore. Do you have a lot of like sort of people hanging around going, "I'll do stuff for you"? Oh well, they they. In my experience, we get a lot of people be like, "Oh yeah, let me know how I can help." I'll be can like, I, "Oh, can go I do intern? that. <laughs> go do this," and they're like, "Well." <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, no, I mean, like, serving drinks at right. peak hours yeah. on a Saturday night and also drinking for free at the same time. Yeah, they that's, want that's a good idea. The platform of the bar. They just want to like, stand no, behind not, the bar and be, yeah. They're not useful at that stage. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's, people aren't willing to stick around at two o'clock in the morning and pick up all the bottles, right? That's, that's not yeah. Yeah, the, the thing they're volunteering for. Oh, I don't know if you've seen, but Big is killing it. And I think they, all their bartenders are, are, where do they volunteer. do shows? So they've, they just opened a new space up in Shankla. Oh, I saw that. That's, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kiva know. Murphy and Ella. Oh, yeah, Kiva. Sorry <laughs> if Kiva Daniels? ever listens to this. <laughs> um, and they, are, they just, I, I, I went there, like, I, it was a long day for me. And so I went there tired and hungry, and I walk in, and it just, everything looks immaculate and perfect. And, like, the way I had wanted for it here. And so I was just like, fuck this, God damn it. But improv is like, you know, I was very clear early on that I was not interested in improv because it's a team sport and people are nice to each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, well that, that was my problem with improv. I kept saying things that would get me in yeah, trouble. Yeah, get into trouble. Yeah, I don't mean like being a dickhead, although I obviously have done a lot of that. Yeah. But just, you know, making jokes. There was a clear divide in, in improv between people who were actors and people who wanted to be funny. Yeah, it was a real like there was a drama element, and then there was people who would try and say things because they were funny, which yeah. would ruin scenes, but was funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had one. I, I I stopped a show because I was like, I'm killing a Jew. I'm killing it, and they're like, <laughs> No, no, stop. Um, improv and it, and its audience. That's a conversation for another day. Okay, <laughs> I've got thoughts. Slamming improv for an hour. I'm on boards. Though if we you enjoy bring, improv, bring no Matt's loving improv these days. I was gonna say, if you enjoy improv, be sure to check out the typical adult behavior show here at the Comedy Clubhouse every Wednesday night at eight forty-five yeah, p.m. I'll, I'll see, I'll see. Featuring Matthew Mirtha himself. Typical and, adult behavior. I think yeah. I, I saw that when I was in Berlin. That's a famous, oh, no. <laughs> famous improv show over there. I'll fight. Thief. I'll fight. I don't care. I'll yeah. take a name. Um, all right, so let's wrap it up now. Yeah, well, can I, can I just want, for your 50 sure. listeners, I want to plug my podcast then. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah please absolutely. do, actually. Yeah, my, I got, if you're, <laughs> after me just talking a bunch of shite, if you're interested, I got podcasts <laughs> about like films it. with my good friend Donica Tiernan, and uh, we're sort of vaguely autistic about films and other things. Vaguely? Yeah. Or What's the name of the podcast? Call It Friendo. Right. It's available okay. everywhere. Where you get your podcasts. I actually, I highly Check recommend out. this podcast. They pick the most obscure movies. Sometimes. We also do, we, have, we do new films too. New do releases. You? Yeah, we change, we change it up. We oh, it's it. not the 70 films you want to see or? Nah, it's so like, so we, we toss a coin every second week and like we just choose films at random and then we toss a coin and we watch the winner of the toss pick. We watch that film and the loser picks another film to go along with it. And then the other weeks, we watch, like, new stuff. Do you watch it together? Yes, holding hands. No, no, because normally <laughs> no, I'm in different countries. Skype, you know. No, no, I've ne- no, I've never thought about that. But you're right, we should do that. Do you guys ever make each other cards? <laughs> not really, not that I've... Uh, that show I'm works sorry, way, different, way more different than I thought. I thought this was, like, a burden romance, anyway. Right, you've never listened to it, so fair enough. That's not true. Okay. I listened to Crash, and it was not the Crash I was expecting. Yeah, sorry. That's the uh, Cronenberg one. Yeah. Not nearly as good. Yeah. I wanted to see the racist learn his lesson at the end of a film. <laughs> yeah, anyway. all you care about is racist learning lessons. Yes. Makes me feel good inside. Yeah. All right, folks. We have to wrap this up. Let's, uh, let's thank our guest. Do we have any? No. Uh, yeah. Do you have any unaired grievances? <laughs> I apologize, John, if I've said anything bad to you because I've already said sorry to Olga this weekend for, oh, com- yeah? for comments I made four years ago in oh, Edinburgh. No. So. Oh, wow. No, I, I never met you while you were in Barcelona, uh, so, yeah. so it was 
I mean, brief conversation in Edinburgh and you were an absolute delight. Really. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. I think it was maybe a little drunk. Um, well, let me think. Uh, let's apologize to Berlin, to... Uh, who else have I talked about? Chris Groves, uh, we, which we didn't mention, but... Yeah. yeah you, you live on in legend here. Right. You've touched the scene, you know. Yeah, I may have uh, screamed. At, well, I've had a few. Uh, I've had a few screaming matches. Uh, <laughs> oh my, just, sorry. Yeah. we've run out of time. Yeah, I apologize. Right, we'll have to have you we come did back. Have a few screaming matches. Yeah, and, uh, including and, one, and also kissing. One that exactly, ended in a kiss. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good story. That was, very, that was very romantic. We'll have to save that. Yeah. All right. Well, apologize to. I apologize to anybody I might have mentioned on this podcast. Yeah, I apologize but, for not mentioning a bunch of people. Yeah. I apologize to anyone that I've ever upset about anything Agreed. and I'll do that too. anyone that I will upset in the future. Yeah, I'll take that too. I forgive you. <laughs> All right, uh, let's thank Andy Ritchie for joining us. Andy Thanks J. Ritchie. I'll listen. I'll listen to this one. Yeah. I, I listen to them all. Send it you to know I listen to them all. Yeah, uh, yeah thank you for being our, our yeah. one listener. And uh, stay tuned for our show next week. Where yeah, we're... our new, well, back weekly podcast. Back weekly Broadcasting from KW Radio, right here at Comedy Clubhouse. Three episodes in the last two weeks. Boom, boom. That's right. All right. Thank you and good night. Bye.